Tanner, just so you know, the last time that you played that song is when Anna puked, puked mid-song right back there. I just want to remind you of that. So, good choice. All right, so this week is going to look a little bit different um, for me up here. Um, because I'm actually going to be running what you see up there. So bear with me if I get a little distracted. I got to play with PowerPoint this week for the first time since probably high school. And all the transitions and all the sound effects. I didn't do the sound effects, don't worry. But, and I went very minimal on the stuff. So, but I had so much fun. Uh, so, just as we talked, just as I mentioned last week in kind of introduction, was this week... We're beginning what I think is a really exciting time, um, a time that we can really look forward and see like what we hope to see God do through this church, as a part of this church, is so much bigger than we could ever imagine. And it, it's not that I think that we've been wandering aimlessly or anything for the five years, uh, or almost six years, something like that, of this church. It's not that at all. Like we talked about last week, we've seen God do lots of really big and really awesome things as a part of this local church. But I do think it's a really good time for us to, to kind of reset or re refocus is probably a better word. Refocus on the mission that God has given us. And so what is, what is that mission? I mean, just as any church, I think that we're, we're seeking to glorify God and, and that it's done through making disciples, through um, bringing him glory by all sorts of different ways. But we're going to get to Matthew 28 in a couple minutes. But one of the primary ways that we do this is through making disciples, through making his name famous, by talking and pointing everyone to him. But the way that looks in different churches is going to look a little bit different on the ground. The gospel never changes. People are only saved through Jesus but, the, but what that actually looks like can, can, can look a little bit different based on, or how, sorry, not what that looks like. How that is put into practice is a little bit different from context to context or in different environments or, 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 or what have you. So like what we're talking about today is a little bit more on our specific context, maybe how, how we are structured here, how, what our strengths are, what our weaknesses are, what our situation is. And here's another thing. We are not a church plant anymore. I think that we've been, we always talk, talk this way. Like, hey, where does a small church plant? We've been here for five plus years. We're, we're not a church plant. And I think that we've been caught in this church plant mentality for too long. And I know, I know that I have been. It's almost like, well, we don't do that well, or we don't do that well, because we're just, we're just still figuring this out. We're, we're just this, this small church plant. And are we still figuring it out? Absolutely. But I think it's time that we start humbly acting like we know what we're doing. Like being confident in who we are. Being confident in who we are as a church. Being confident in the big God that we serve. And not saying, well, we're, we, we don't do that because we're just a small church plant. I've had people ask me, oh, I've never heard of your church. Where is it? And my answer is like, well, we're just a small church plant in downtown just a small church plant in downtown. We're not just a small church plant. God has established us right here, has done awesome things 
as a part of this church. We talked about that last week. And I think we need to get out of that mindset. We said in our meeting last week, like, we're done. We're not calling ourselves a church plant any longer. We are not a church plant. We are a church. And we hope and can't wait to see God continue to do big things here. So I said it last week that we, the elders have been meeting for a couple months now, really talking about about a vision for CRC. We've spent many of our elder meetings, we've scheduled multiple lunches throughout the week on our lunch breaks. We've spent a lot of time meeting and praying and, and seeking wisdom from God on what this looks like. So, what I want to do is show you this. Some of you are going to, when I want to put it up here, you're going to say, wow, that took you guys months? Yes, and this is not just thrown together. This has been prayed over so many times. We've had hours and hours worth of conversation over this. And what I'm going to show you is something that is just the beginning. It's really just the, kind of the, the first building blocks of what we hope this to be because we're going to continue to flesh this out and build it out as a church. What I'm going to show you is kind of what the elders have come to, but it's going to break down, and I'm going to show you that as well. We want to be able to say, Wait, what are you guys doing at CRC? What is going on? Like, well, this is what we're doing. This is how we're seeking to make disciples. This is how we're seeking to grow. This is, this is what we are doing. I told you, minimal transitions. Minimal. So, we want to grow. We want to grow. And we want to grow through being disciple makers and through being ambassadors. I'm going to get more in-depth on all this um, going forward, but I'm just giving you an overview of everything right now. We want to grow through being disciple-makers and ambassadors. We also want to mature. We want to mature through an established biblical foundation, through an established discipleship plan, and through an established community focus. And we want to reach. We want to reach by establishing connections, by sending and supporting, and by being known. So here's the thing. Each one of these is going to continue to break down further and further and further. Again, this is just the starting place for all of this. Let me, let me show you. I think I got this in here. So, for example... We want to grow through being disciple makers. But the ways we do that is going to continue to break down. There might be two separate ways we're doing that. There might be ten separate ways that we are actively seeking to do that. There's going to be more steps in this. But those are things that we want to do together as a church. Those are things that we want to have a conversation about. The, the building blocks are there. But we want to meet together as a church and flesh out what this looks like on the ground, to put legs to this. So these are, these are things that I encourage, as we go through over the next couple weeks, to talk about in your CGs, to talk about during lunch. But then also on the third Sunday night, on I think it's August 12th, we're going to take Sunday night and just have a family meeting and just talk about what this looks like, to talk about what steps do we need to take to put all of this into motion. 
So, we want to spend the next three weeks going more in-depth on what each of these really means for us. Why, why is it important that we grow through being disciple-makers and through being ambassadors? What do all these things mean? Because everything that we're doing as a church is going to be kind of coming from this. So we're going to spend some weeks looking at this. So grow. What do we mean by we want to grow? Guess what? It means we want to get bigger. Simple enough. I've had people ask me, do you guys desire to be small? Do you guys just, are you guys trying to remain this, this small little church? No. <laughs> no, we don't. I mean, as I see, what I see in Scripture, I'm going to get there in just a second, I think that would go against what Scripture, what the examples that we have. We want to grow in number. We want to grow in size. We want to grow in maturity. We want to grow in all sorts of areas. We want to grow. And that includes growing numbers. I think it's easy to feel, to hear that and say, that feels yucky. That we, we're not supposed to be about numbers. And you know, I, I was kind of there for a while. I kind of felt that way. It's like, that feels yucky. But here's what you see. All through Acts, you see numbers. And we, we don't want to grow for the sake of being big. We don't want to grow for the sake of saying, hey, look how big CRC is. But we want to grow because God is doing incredible things here and is adding people to his church and God is just bringing all this glory from, to himself by what he's doing. So I want to show you some examples from the book of Acts. Number after number. So, so look at this. Acts 1.15 In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers, the company of persons, persons, was in, was in all about 120. Acts 2, 41. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Acts 2, 47. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Acts 4, 4. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of men came to about 5,000. Acts 5.14, and more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. Acts 6.7, and the word of God continued to increase, and the numbers of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. Acts 9.31, so the church throughout all Judea and Samaria, in Galilee and Samaria, had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord, and in comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. 9.42 And it became known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. 11.21 And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. Acts 16.5 So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. I see a biblical basis for growing, for a seeking to grow in number as God is adding people to the church. It's this type of growth that we seek. It's this type of growth that we seek as God is adding to his church. There's all sorts of ways to 
that, that people try to do this, that churches try to do this, all sorts of incorrect ways. I mean, we could, we could try all sorts of gimmicks. We could try all sorts of tricks. We could try all sorts of things and try to draw a crowd. And here's the thing. If we were just trying to get bodies in here, I think we could do it. I think we could do some things to get people here if numbers was all that we were about, if that was all that we wanted. But that's why I keep thinking there's another TV over here. That's why those two underneath of grow is important. We don't just want to grow for the sake of growing. We don't just want to grow in number. We want to grow through making disciples, through being ambassadors. Because if it's just for the sake of growing, that's when you see the gospel itself being compromised, the gospel itself being softened. Because it's like, well, we want to draw more people here, so we're going to leave out some of the hard stuff. That's not at all what we want. Our goal is not to grow by having a better lunch. Our, we're not trying to grow by having better music. We're not trying to grow by being nicer or offering better programs. You know, some of those may very well fall into this, but that's not why we're seeking to grow. That's not how we're seeking to grow. We want to be disciple makers. We want to be ambassadors. So back in March, I preached an entire sermon on Matthew 28, on, on the Great Commission. We talked about what we believe as a church. So what I want to do is I'm not going to hash out that entire sermon again. I'm not going to go through all of that. But I do want to, want to point out just a couple things about Matthew 28 specifically. Because we are called as the church to be disciple makers. I'm going to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Here's when he kind of gives the marching orders to his followers. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the, Fa in the, name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is what he told his disciples. It's what he commanded his disciples to do. Not as, a, not as an option of what they do, not as a suggestion, but as a command. And as you see his disciples, his followers, being obedient to this command, you see what we saw in Acts over and over and over, they're being obedient to teach the gospel, to, to preach this, the good news of Jesus. And people are added to the church over and over and over again. <laughs> I mean, in chapter 2, in like one instant, you saw the church go from 120 to over 3,000. The church, I, don't know, I didn't do the math, but it got a lot bigger. All through new conversions. Like, we want to see this type of growth. We want to see God add to his church as his church is obedient in sharing the gospel and making disciples and teaching all that we've been commanded. Each one of us, as Christians, each one of us is called to be a disciple maker. Each and every one of us. And it says, also, so we see it multiplied. It wasn't addition, it was multiplication. You see, like, one became two, two became four, four became 16, 256? I'm not going another one. Um, it multiplied, it grew. 
See, everyone, not everyone is called to stand up here and preach. Not everyone is called to work with the kids. Not everyone is called to stand up here and play a guitar. But every single one of us who claims the name of Jesus is called to make disciples, to call to be obedient to this command. So this is what we want to do as a church, as individuals, as families. We want to be obedient to the command to make disciples. And this is going to look different ways. Again, we want to grow through being disciple makers. But things that we can talk about together are what this looks like. What are specific plans that we have? Specific plans to share the gospel. Again, these are things that we want to, to do together as the church. I don't know, maybe it looks like... So step one, we, we're going to get to know our neighbors. There's lots of ways that it could break down further. How do we want to get to know our neighbors? Maybe it's walking around. Maybe it's hosting an event. Maybe it's doing this. Maybe it's doing that. There's all sorts of ways that this could look like. But those are things that we want to talk together as a church and put into practice. And like, okay, let's do it. I would encourage you this week, just asking yourself individually, what... What, is, what, what are your plans in your, individually in making disciples? Because often this is not going to happen without being intentional, without in, being intentional to share the gospel. Ask yourself that. Ask maybe your family that. What does this look like? Because I think that I said this back in March, but if we are not sharing the gospel, if we are not seeking to make disciples, if that is not something we are actively engaged in, then we're in sin. Again, it's not our job to save people. It's not our job to ultimately make people believe. We'll see, we'll see here in a little bit that that is God's doing. But it is our job. It's been, it's been commissioned to us to share the gospel, to seek to make disciples. There's so much more that I can say about this. There's so much more that we could get into with this. But making disciples is not just something that elite Christians do. It's not something that you have to reach this like super Christian status before you can go and to make disciples. If you've been saved, then you've got a story to tell about what Christ has done in your life. If you say, well, I don't, I'm not really sure what Christ has done in my life, then I would say, then you're not saved. But some people are like, I don't feel equipped to do that. I don't feel like I know what to do or how to do that. That's why, so these three weeks are going to tie in like this. There's not like a standalone that grow is somehow different than mature, that is somehow different than reach. All these are going to go together very, very well. Because that's why mature is so important. Because we as a church want to mature. We want to become more like Christ. We want to mature in our faith. We want to mature in our understanding of Scripture. We want to mature in all sorts of different ways. But that goes hand in hand here. Because we want to mature to become better at sharing our faith and in making disciples. Now, now I ask you to go and flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This should be something that is fairly familiar to some of us. The name of the, our church kind of came from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
Now, there's a lot of similarities between being disciples, being disciple makers, and being ambassadors. So I don't want to try to separate them too far, but there are some distinctives. There are some things that I think are important here. I'm just going to read 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Okay. Look at verse 20. Verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. Ambassadors. We represent Christ. If you're a Christian, we, we, you represent Christ. What does an ambassador do? That, that, that's, that's what they do. They represent the one who sends them. A U.S. ambassador to whatever country represents the U.S., represents the one who sent them. We represent Christ. But it's only because of what he has done. It's only because of what he has done. Look, look at verse 18. Sorry, going backwards. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. In Christ, we have been reconciled to God. God made what was wrong right. God did that. He took our sin and gave us Jesus. We had no relationship with him. Broken. He brought us into a relationship with him. He reconciled us to himself. When we had no life, he gave us that life. It's only because of that beautiful gospel message that Christ died on our behalf that we can be saved. It's only because of that that we can be ambassadors. We didn't earn that right to be ambassadors. We were given that privilege. Again, there's a lot of carryover from being disciple makers and being ambassadors. But we must know that we are representing Christ to the world around us. That is our role. Our job isn't to say, hey, look at Caleb. Hey, look at us. Hey, look at our building. Hey, look at this. Our job is to say, hey, look at Jesus as we walk outside of these doors, we represent Jesus. As you go to work, you represent 
Jesus. As you go to school, you represent Jesus. As you go into your kids' school, you represent Jesus. As you go into the grocery store, you represent Jesus. As you walk down the street, you represent Jesus. That is our role. That's what we get to do. We're ambassadors. Because Jesus in Matthew 28, he didn't say, okay, I'm going to continue on doing this exactly like I've been doing it. I'm going to keep, continue to keep walking around and healing people and preaching. That's not what he said. He said, I'm sending you. I'm going with you. I'm sending my spirit to be with you. But I'm sending you out as my disciples, as my disciple makers, as my ambassadors. So we want to grow through being ambassadors, through representing Christ. But here's the thing. We also represent his church. We also represent his church. Because we want to be ambassadors for Christ, but we also are those ambassadors who represent his local church that he established. In Matthew 16, 18, we see that Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. He's going to do that. We don't do that. Jesus alone builds his church. We, saw, we see Acts over and over and over again. People being added to the church. But all through scripture, you see references and the importance of the local church. You see Paul writing letters to the local church. You see elders being established in every local church. Like, the importance of the actual local church cannot be neglected. When Paul is discussing in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, he's talking about the body. The church, he was like, some are the eyes, some are the feet, all this, all working together as the body of Christ. He's talking to a local church. He's telling a local church this. He's not saying, just the global church. That's all I'm talking about. This doesn't apply to you as the local church. But his letter is written to the Corinthians, to that church. We also have been made part of a local church. This one. Christ Reconciled Church. This is where, right here, right now, you are. And we have the awesome privilege as ambassadors for Christ representing Him to the world to also do that together as a church body. Functioning together. Representing Christ to a world that is so desperately in need of Him. I'm just going to ask you some questions for to get some wheel spinning maybe. But are you proud of the church that God has placed you in? What kind of feelings go on? Is it somewhere that you want to bring people? Is it somewhere that you would identify with? Listen, we're not a perfect church. Our imperfections show up all the time. But being a part of a local church is not tied to the perfection of the church. It's tied to the perfection of Jesus. Like, do you find yourself saying, this is my church in its flaws, but we represent Jesus. We're seeking to be made more like Jesus. 
Do you love the local expression of the church? Do you love the local expression of the church as it is in its imperfection, but with its perfect Jesus? Do you love it? Listen, I'm not saying that's easy. We just went through 1 John. We just went through 1 John. Loving is hard. Loving is not just a command when everything is easy. We're called to love one another within the church, to love the church. To love, we'll talk about this more in a second, but the bride of Christ. It's the church that God has you in. It's the church that he keeps bringing you back to. So how do we represent the church well? And I'm going to try to give you an example. I think it was Dale who first mentioned this. Maybe it was Tanner in one of our meetings. I think it was Dale, though. So many of you know this, but my job, I'm an admissions counselor at ETSU. My job is to go out into high schools, community colleges. Looks a little bit different now. But to go out representing ETSU, to act on behalf of ETSU, and help students come to ETSU. It's not because ETSU is the only good school. It's not because ETSU is the only good school in this area, in Tennessee, in the country. I think ETSU has a lot of really good programs, especially psychology. But I believe as a university, sorry, plug. um, I believe in what ETSU is doing. Is every student I talk to going to come and to be a part of ETSU? No. I try not to be too insulted when they walk through, talk to me, and then go on to that nasty orange school right down the, down the line from me. But I promote ETSU. I, I talk about the good things about ETSU because I believe in it, because it's the community that I'm a part of. I mean, I feel like I'm a part of ETSU. I actually have an office now, too. Like... Is ETSU perfect? No. It's got lots of issues. But uh, it's, it's not that it's the only school. There's lots of other good ones, but I'm still proud. I still want to bring students in because I believe in it, because I see what's going on. CRC is not the only church in Johnson City, it's not the only good church in Johnson City. God is doing amazing things all throughout this city, through other churches, through all sorts of different things. But as a part of the church that God has placed you in, are you excited? Are you like, come join us in what we're doing because you see what God is doing. Not that what we're doing, but what God is doing through us. Are you saying, yeah, come be a part. You're looking for a church? Come be a part. Are you representing his church? Listen, again, it's not because we're a perfect church. I continue to praise God for the grace that he gives as we fall short. But I still think, there's a thing of like saying, this is the church that God has me in. This is what God is doing here. Come be a part of it with me. Look what God is doing. Look what he is doing.
all too often, I think people try to separate the local church from Jesus. All the time, you see people say, well, I love Jesus, but I don't like the local church. I love Jesus, but I don't like the local church. This can't be. This can't be. The, the, the Bible teaches, it talks about the church being the bride of Christ. It's like, well, I, I like Jesus, but I don't like his bride. I like Jesus, but I don't like his bride. It's like, I was going to give use names to give examples, but I'm not going to. But like, that's like saying, I love the groom, but I don't like the bride. They're, they've been made one. You can't separate the two. If they're married, they have been made one. Listen, the primary way that I see the church growing is through God saving people and adding them to the church. Over and over and over again, we see this. But there are plenty of people that are looking for a church. There are people that are moving into Johnson City looking for a church. And as we represent his local church, we say, hey, come with me. This is what God is doing. Not because we're great, but because Jesus is wonderful. Like, it's not because of us, but it's what God is doing here. For example, like there are people who are looking for a church. We want to be representing the church that God has placed us in. There's people that are new to Johnson City. ETSU is about to have 15, I hope, thousand people that are coming to campus. There's so many people there, students there. Breaks down further. We have a student group. Most people don't know. We have a student group. It's not extremely active at the moment, but there's a way for students to be involved on campus, for us to be on campus, telling people of Jesus and inviting them to be a part of our church. That's We represent his church. Again, how all that looks, we're going to talk about the practical side of that when we meet together. But, but we represent his church. Listen, our desire to grow is not about just getting big. Our, our desire to grow is not just about numbers and say, hey, look at this. Look at how cool we are. We passed 50 people. We passed 100 people. We passed. That is not at all what we want. But we want to grow as the church that Jesus has established us as. We want to grow through people being saved and being baptized and being added to the church. We want to grow as people say, yes, you guys are serving Jesus. I love what you're doing. I want to come be a part of that. But we want to grow and look back and say, look what Jesus has done. Look what has happened. It's definitely not because of those people. It's definitely not going to be because of us. But wow, God has done it. It's Listen, we can't do it. I said, if we just wanted numbers for the sake of numbers, I'm pretty sure we could do that. But if we want to grow in this way, we cannot do this. This is God doing it. I can't change our heart. 
We cannot make people hunger and thirst for righteousness, as Jesus says. We cannot do it. So this week, I just happened to be reading through 1 Corinthians um, on my own, and I thought of chapter 3, and it worked well. 1 Corinthians 3, 5 through 9. Paul says, What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. But God gave the growth. See, we're not building this church. God is going to do this. But notice Paul didn't say, but my planting, my watering are worthless. I didn't really even do it. He's saying, I did this. Like, we are called to do that. While God is going to cause the growth, we are still called to plant and water, whatever that looks like. That is still what we are called to do. You know, there are some people who have like that, that pole conversion moment where it's just like smacks them, knocks them off the horse. They're saved in an instant from a life of awful sin to following Jesus. But that's not common. God can absolutely do that if he chooses to. But more often, people are saved through continual exposure to the gospel. Continued hearing various people say, this is the gospel. This is the gospel. This is Jesus. This is salvation. And there's various statistics about what that looks like, but most people, it's after hearing the gospel over and over and over again. And that's what we want, that's what we want to be doing as disciple makers, as ambassadors. But God's going to give the growth. That's not our job. So as we're doing this, none of this is about us. It's all about him. He's going to do it. He's going to have to be the one to do it. So here's what we're going to do. I, I, actually, I forgot to warn Tanner about this. Um, but if you, Tanner, if you can come on up and just start playing for a couple minutes. If your band wants to come up too, that's fine. Um, but we're going to have some time, just like we did last week, of just spending some time really, really praying. And since I was already working on a PowerPoint, I thought this would be helpful. What I want to encourage you to do is as you're praying, remind yourself of the gospel. Remind yourself that God reconciled you to himself, that he first did that. That he did that. But then as we start to do, as we kind of embark on this journey, as we start down this road, pray that God would give you a passion to be a disciple maker, to be an ambassador, to represent Christ well, to share the gospel often. Let's ask God to give us a passion to do that.
But then pray that God will grow this church in a mighty way, in a way that doesn't point to us at all, but only brings all the glory to himself. Pray that God would do that. Pray that God would do that. It's not about us. This vision is not about us. Our plans are not about us. None of this is about us. So I invite you to come to spend some time in prayer about this. Search your own heart in this. Pray for the church as a part of this. And then let that eventually lead you into when, when we stand and sing and we praise the God who we serve, who we, who's brought us into his family, that is a reason to rejoice. So spend some time in prayer and then I'll come back and close this out.